From legendary locals we all know to people you should get to know. Follow Ipswich Today on your favourite app and never miss an episode. Or go to ipswichtoday.com.au Coming up, ambulance ramping, first quarter state parliament highlights, help still available for flood affected residents, climate under the microscope, International Women's Day and the National Day of Action Against Bullying and Violence. All these topics and more as Ipswich MP Jennifer Howard joins the show. It's Friday, April 22, 2022, and I'm Alan Roebuck. Welcome to Ipswich Today, which acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land on which it is produced and pays respects to elders past, present and emerging. This podcast is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. For the first time since COVID, I was able to catch up with Jennifer Howard in the Ipswich electorate office earlier this week, rather than via Zoom or on the phone. This interview was recorded on April 20. Thanks for talking with Ipswich today, Jennifer Howard. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. The first quarter of the year has absolutely flown by. Uh, What have been the highlights from the sitting of Parliament so far in 2022? Well, it was fantastic to be back. Uh, We had quite a long break, so I was very happy to be back in the Parliament again with my colleagues. Uh, It's been, you know, the first few months of this year feel like 12 months there's been so much going on with uh, with the pandemic uh, and then we had the flood. So, you know, I hope everyone had a nice Easter and have enjoyed a bit of downtime. Uh, but we also saw a very lacklustre federal budget appear in March. And I, I think that's really going to have a flow on effect for our community. You know, this is uh, probably the 10th year in a row that we've seen Ipswich completely overlooked. In fact, the word Ipswich not even mentioned at all in the federal budget. And we are a fast-growing town. We've got a lot of growth. We've got a lot of infrastructure requirements out here. Um, We need to be noticed by the federal government and and shame on the government for ignoring us once again. What would have been your priorities on your wish list in the federal budget? Infrastructure um, spending. We need a second river crossing here in Ipswich. Uh, And more importantly... Um, or just as importantly, we, we need the Ipswich to uh, Springfield train corridor um, to be identified as a priority project. We know it's a priority. Everyone who lives here knows it's a priority. We just need the federal government to know. Can we talk about one issue uh, more specifically, and that is ambulance ramping. It's, it's in the news seemingly every other day, and I've had personal experience at Ipswich Hospital uh, a, a number of times, and I've got to say it's all been good. The staff are just absolutely marvellous. But there, there can be a long wait. What can be done to reduce this ramping? Yeah, as you've identified, our hospitals are busier than ever and Ipswich is no different. Once again, that comes down to the growth um, that, that we've got in this southeast corner. Um, and last week, uh, we saw an unprecedented demand across the southeast corner. The number of triple O calls was the fourth highest on record ever. Um, and the amount of people who are using our public hospitals uh, uh, is, is increasing. And as you identified, people get excellent service once they're in. Um, but I do identify that there is a problem. Um, one of the things we did in Parliament uh, 
in, in the first quarter of this year was uh, the Premier moved a motion calling on the federal government, Scott Morrison, to uh, give us our fair share of funding. And health is one of the one of the big areas that we need an investment in. Um, we've got people sitting in hospital beds who are waiting on getting into an aged care facility. Um, and that's, that's just not good enough. Uh, we've got people who are waiting for NDIS placement sitting in our hospitals as well. Um, every state and territory in the country asks for a 50-50 split funding um, and the federal government has inexplicably knocked it back. This may be a bit too simplistic uh, a view uh, to contribute to ramping, but is it that too many people present with minor ailments at emergency when there's, well, in Ipswich, there seems to be a reasonable amount of bulk billing doctors from my observations. Well, what do you think the situation is? Uh, the GP shortage is an issue um, out here for, for people. It's, it's very hard to tell someone that the issue that they feel is an emergency may not be compared. It's all comparative. Mm. Um, uh, but having said that, we have got uh, in our ambulance now, we have acquired in the last few years low acuity vehicles. So they can take people to GPs and uh, rather than to the hospital and they can assess, they can make that assessment when they go to people's homes. Um, I didn't know that, Jen. Yeah, it's a really, it's a really fantastic uh, uh, investment, these low acuity vehicles and the, and the ambulance uh, uh, paramedics will tell you how valuable they've been and it is it's it's making that decision yourself about whether it's important or not you know we've got people in the community with mental health issues um and you know they can become very anxious about a health problem that we and we need to support them through that uh getting the new mental health unit built and having a standalone mental health emergency section is going to really help that a lot as well Let's turn the conversation to the recent floods and the flood cleanup will continue for months and years in uh, some cases. Is there help still available? Yeah, there is help still available. We've got the um, community recovery hotline uh, that's still up and running and we've got the community hub still happening in Ipswich until the 30th of April. So it's that's the latest date um, that we've got set up. Um, you know, we've got financial assistance that's already been um, activated for the Ipswich local government area. We've got essential household contents grants, um, structural assistance grants, essential service safety and reconnection grants. And we've also got some um, one-off payments for people. Uh, as we know, a lot of people that were flooded this time did not have insurance because they couldn't afford it after the 2011 floods. Um, and these people have lost everything. So, you know, I've spent a lot of time door knocking the areas that were affected in my area. And uh, it's it's quite heartbreaking to hear the stories and to see that. And the waters have all receded. We've all got on with our lives. But there are people in this community who uh, have a long way to go before they're back. Again, I know firsthand from 2011 that it does drag on and on. And, and some people will still be building two years later. The recent climate forum was held in Ipswich and you were a vital part of that. It, it somewhat went under the radar for a lot of people. How did the forum come about and what did it achieve? Yeah, look, it was it was a bit of a, um, a dream of mine to hold one and I'd like to make it an annual event, uh, get some momentum going around it. We had about 130 people come along. Uh, I was really pleased to sort of partner with USQ uh, on this inaugural one. Um, so really the idea came about before the pandemic, <laughs> we saw the bushfires, which yep. were horrendous. And 
for many, many people in this community, that really shone a light on climate change and the issues that we're dealing with. Um, and despite the fact that we have a lot of challenges here in Ipswich, whenever I had a mobile office pre-pandemic, the number one issue raised with me was climate change. And it might have been about habitat loss, um, wildlife, endangered wildlife, um, and then we saw the bushfires. So I really felt that Ipswich people had an interest in this and that we were very well placed um, to start discussions about how we as a government and how we as individuals can act to help uh, slow down the effects of climate change. And it was fantastic to do. Well, what were the top three achievements you think that came out of the forum? Well, uh, people coming along in the first place and connecting with each other. We had stalls um, set up so that people could, you know, connect. And a lot of people have told me that, oh, they were, didn't know that there was a group doing this work. And, you know, it's about connecting people. There's a lot of people doing good work in the environment, but they're working in silos. Uh, so connecting those people, getting conversations going uh, is really important. It was quite alarming hearing from the USQ scientists about what's actually happening uh, with our environment. That was really alarming. We needed to hear it and we need to keep the conversation going. So do you have a date next year? I don't have a date set up yet. Um, I've got a lot of ideas. There's so many different speakers that we could have engaged. But uh, I think getting the momentum going, I'd really love to get people from the community involved. So if you are you know, someone who'd like to be involved in organising it or have ideas, uh, you know, we need to get a committee together. Uh, sooner the better so that we can start planning for next year. Tomorrow's politicians are drawn from the ranks of teenagers today. And uh, Queensland has an annual youth parliament who will be representing Ipswich this year. Uh, a very exceptional young man called William Hartley. Uh, he's 17. Uh, he's been placed uh, as a member for Ipswich and he's got the portfolio for the prevention of domestic and family violence, housing, infrastructure and transport. <laughs> he's, a, he's a wonderful young man. Uh, he's in his final year at Bundamba um, Secondary College. Uh, he's uh, founded a newsletter at the school called the Bundamba Post. He's got ambitions to be a journalist himself um, and he was recently selected to work with ABC journalists to write and produce a news article on the issues that affect young people in Ipswich. Now to me, I think back to my high school days and I'm thinking, was, the, was I that attuned to what was going on? And I, I just find it fascinating and encouraging that there are high school students who are who are right into how society functions and how it runs. Absolutely, absolutely. William is a standout. Um, absolutely, we've had some great youth parliament members over the years, and you know, a, a common sort of. Uh, statement that I hear from people is, you know, oh, young people are this and young people are that and it's all bad. But one of the great privileges of my role is I get to meet these young people and they're, they are exceptional. There is no way in the world when I was that age that I was as switched on as a lot of young people are today. So hats off to them and hats off to William. He'll do a great job. And for those not familiar with what happens in the youth parliament, do they actually get to sit in the chamber and role play fully they do they do it's it's terrific to see them there they take it really seriously and can I tell you some of the debates are absolutely exceptional <laughs> you know but I think we could learn a lot from them um uh, they behave a bit better than we do too can I say <laughs> <laughs> that's good to hear I want to talk about uh, a wonderful group in Ipswich called Ipswich Zonta part of Zonta International and each year they celebrate International Women's Day and this year Vanessa Fowler 
was the guest speaker. That would have been a bit of an emotional morning. Vanessa does a fantastic job of presenting. Um, you know, it's we saw it's 10 years um, uh, since the death of her sister, Alison Baden-Clay, and obviously the emotion is still there. Mm. Um, but Vanessa does such a terrific job of of communicating the message and I was really delighted to have as my guests some clients from DVAC at my table. Um, I thought, you know, these it's these women that need to hear from people like Alison. Um, oh, sorry, Alison's sister Vanessa, because that's a first-hand account of, of what it feels like to be a member of a family of someone who's living um, with someone who's coercively controlling them. It really is a fan. It's, it's always a good event, the International Women's Day event that's on to breakfast. We always have speakers that leave me thinking, you know, going away thinking hard about, you know, what we can do better and, um, and what the issues are out there. But Vanessa's work has had a really big impact on combating domestic and family violence in this area. And she's playing a really pivotal role. Another very important cause observed last month was the National Day of Action Against Bullying and Violence. It's an issue you have very strong views about. Well, I do. And I think everyone does. You know, people I talk to feel really strongly about this issue. Um, and it's the 12th year of the National Day of Action Against Bullying and Violence. And, you know, we all have a responsibility to call it out when we see it. Um, and this year's theme is kindness culture, which I can't uh, stress strongly enough. You know, um, one of the things that we've been calling, all community leaders have been calling on people is to be kind you know, to our uh, hospitality workers, you know, through the pandemic, it's been a really tough time uh, for many of us. And a little bit of kindness can go a long way. And we have to stop seeing kindness as a weakness in, in people, in our community, and particularly in our leaders. Uh, it takes a lot of courage to be kind at times and a lot of strength. And I think it's something that we need to have a big focus on. Just to wrap up our conversation, you've been very busy attending a lot of uh, social events of late, including local schools and churches. What, what have been the highlights there? Well, the first highlight is the fact that we can do this again yeah. after two years of you know dealing with the pandemic. So it's just wonderful to get back into the community uh, and see what's happening. At Silkstone State School, they're building a brand new outside school hours care building and uh, we were able to officially turn the sod there. Uh, this is going to expand their program um, and they do a fantastic job at that school. So many people I talk to in this community have been to Silkstone School themselves or they've had you know generations of um, their family go there. Uh, construction is going to be completed in early May so they've, they've started it and it's going to be finished before we know it. Ipswich Central School have had more than a hundred solar panels installed on their rooftops and we heard the announcement yesterday um, from the education minister about every single classroom now in Queensland is air-conditioned through that program. So air conditioning in schools, solar panels on the roofs, big priorities for us as a government. Um, yeah, and at Ipswich State High School, which actually isn't in my electorate, it's in um, my esteemed colleague Jim Madden's uh, electorate, uh, but he was unwell at the time, so I was able to represent the minister at the official opening of their new $1.35 million synthetic sports field. Uh, State-of-the-art, beautiful, beautiful field. Uh, it was great seeing the kids playing on it uh, when I was there. And it means that we can have, like, uh, futsal and, and games like that played on this fantastic new surface. So, yeah. On that note, Jennifer Howard, thank you so much for talking with Ipswich today. Thank you so much. Thanks, everyone.
Ipswich Today is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. This podcast is also listener-supported. Please make a once-only gift or regular donation to help keep it online. Just go to ipswichtoday.com.au and click the Donate button on the homepage to make a payment through PayPal. Follow and stream this podcast from your favourite app, including iHeartRadio and Amazon Music Podcasts, or play Ipswich Today from smart speakers. Music is supplied by Purple Planet Music. This is Alan Roebuck. Thank you for listening. Enjoying Ipswich today? Please share the love on your socials.